welcome to the latest episode of EG Like Sunday Morning. And this week I am delighted as ever to be joined by Deputy Editor Tim Burke and making her EG LSM debut at last following her return from maternity leave, our Head of Content, Emily Wright. Uh, now, Emily, uh, you helped the entire industry um, through those early stages of the pandemic last year with with EG's We're Still Here podcast. And uh, EG LSM is, is very much its spiritual successor. So hopefully uh, you'll feel right at home here. Uh, I should ask first, how are you settling back in and, and are you coping uh, with the demands of juggling motherhood and EG content? And, and which is hardest is the, is the big question. I think coping is a strong word, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> who is coping? <laughs> um, um, well, it's thank you very much for, for having me on. It's lovely to be here. And how lovely to see that um, we're still here has continued. And I couldn't I couldn't be happier. It's brilliant. And what an accolade as well, you know, keeping the industry going through those tough times. <laughs> I'll be putting that on my uh, on the bottom of my email sign off. Um, I'm settling in all right, thank you. It's so nice to see everybody again. And it's been actually, I didn't think it would be, but it's been really good to go into the office actually for a few days. Um, we've had a few things happening in the last couple of weeks that have meant that um, I've been going in and just getting back into it and seeing the city again. And it just, I, I was expecting it to be more overwhelming than it than it was, but it's actually been really nice. Um, so looking forward to more people slowly coming back, but also looking forward to a slightly more balanced way of working and more flexible way of working, which I think is going to be the norm going forward, which is brilliant. Um, in terms of, um, you mentioned maternity leave there, in terms of what's harder, mm, <laughs> tis, tis an interesting question. I, I, do, I think the hardest thing actually is the combination of the two because um, there are these, the witching hours in the morning before work starts where um, the childcare hasn't yet finished. Um, that's that's the interesting time, isn't it? Um, <laughs> trying to fit everything in. Um, so I think that bit's been, been the hardest bit, but it's great. It's wonderful to be back and um, I feel very welcomed back into the fold. And it's been a really busy start to the return um, for me as well. And the other thing, one more thing, sorry, I'm rambling, but one more thing which has been which has been really quite useful is that because of lockdown and because everybody's, well, not lockdown, but the continuing impact of lockdowns and COVID, um, nobody's been in the office. So to return mm. from maternity leave, actually, it's very different coming back into a situation where everybody's sort of finding their feet and coming back into the office um, and slowly, instead of, you know, coming back to a situation where everybody's been together for the last nine months and you have to kind of settle back in. So it's not been it's not been too difficult. That's good. And Emily confessed to us the other day that one of the things she's most enjoying is buying other people coffee. And that's a, <laughs> a simple pleasure that she's found. But And, and you have been busy. We, we, we're going to come on to that. But but uh, as our titan of tech, I do have to ask you, I mean, do you have every baby gadget there is to be had? Well, no, because anyone who knows me will know that the huge irony about my job is that I love tech. I love everybody that works in tech. I'm so interested in all of the trends. I'm desperate to know what's happening next and who's doing what and how it can help the real estate sector. When it comes to technology myself, <laughs> it's not necessarily my strongest suit. I'm so I'm, I'm sort of like so interested. I'm you know I'm, I'm it's a bit sad really. I'm so excited by it, but when it comes to it. I, I'm not the best. Um, so so I don't actually have every single um, app going, um, but I do have a few and they've been uh, on the whole quite useful. So I think probably there's more to be said for tech in smart cities than there is um, in baby care. 
is there <laughs> one gadget or one app or one bit of tech that you couldn't have got through these early months without though? Um, white noise machine, I think, is mm-hmm. is is the one um, which um, is is maybe a, a slight a new thing for some people. I don't know if that's always been the way, but no, the white noise machine. Oh God! Although here we go. This is this is where my 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 kind of tech failings come in. I managed to do something to this white noise machine whereby I overrode without knowing or realizing the um, the turn off function. So we had it going constantly for 72 <laughs> hours but I couldn't even turn it down not one button worked. and I was like I'm not letting this thing run out of battery because I need it so I ended up having to bury it under a pile of cushions during the day <laughs> so it was like a muffled horrible noise during the waking hours and then I'd like lift the cushions off at the night time anyway I've sorted oh, it out now you'd be pleased to hear a low-tech solution to a high-tech problem now <laughs> Emily being Emily, she couldn't just take a, a month or two to, to ease herself gradually back uh, into the job. Oh, no, uh, she has dived straight back in. And uh, within weeks of her return, she has not only pulled together a tech special for this week's mag, but she once again presided over the EG Tech Awards this week, mm. uh, which was another hugely successful virtual event. So for anyone who missed the big night, Emily, uh, how did things go? It was really good. You know, this year we it was on a sort of a virtual event again, not sort of, it was a virtual event <laughs> again. But what was really good about it was that was a choice. It was such a, a, a well-considered choice that last mm. year we, we took the, the awards online for their third year, on the fourth year now. So we took them online for the third year because we had to, of course, because of COVID. Um, but as I've said in a lot of the pieces I've, I've written around this, it's proof that necessity can reveal that a different way of doing things is the way and we miss we miss interaction we miss meeting people of course but there is something to be said for an award that celebrates technology and tech innovation to be using tech as a platform in which to um, host that celebration and apart from anything else it has opened those awards up in such a wonderful way we were able to officially announce this year that it was going to be the first global awards because last year taking it online saw so many entries coming from overseas because mm. everybody was able to do it and didn't feel well I'm going to enter and miss out because I won't be able to be at the award ceremony so apart from navigating time zones you know it, it sort of completely opened us out and so we had 240 entries from 13 countries this year which is amazing and um so it it felt like just the right thing we had more entries than we've ever had before and it's been a really extraordinary 12 months i think obviously i've not been around at the coalface for a lot of that um but i did do what i've always thought would be a really interesting exercise and every time i've been interviewing people who've come into real estate from other sectors whether it be tech or finance or whatever it might be they also the same thing that they had to do this kind of very intense sort of immersion course in real estate to kind of get their heads around it and and not be sitting in every meeting thinking oh god I don't know what 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 what's being talked about here so I had to do that really because just to stand up and do the tech awards and give an overview of the year would have been very disingenuous of me to Mm -hmm. do that and without researching um and it feels like 2021 has been more important for tech actually than 2020 because 2020 was the year that everybody was sort of running around not really knowing what was going on there was an awful lot of panic and uncertainty around how things were going to pan out and it was just you know tech's the answer um and that was great 
on the surface because everyone was thinking oh it's text time to shine finally but there isn't just a catch-all answer in any of this and it's certainly not tech i mean technology has been able to come in specifically and help so many problems and then it's been exacerbated throughout the pandemic and there's been a lot of use for tech but it's not a situation where you can just say oh well, there's an answer for that and it's tech. Um, so 2021 has been, I think, the year of scrutiny and accountability where finally people have sort of been settling down and thought, hang on a minute, what actually do we need? How actually are we going to work and live? And what is the future going to be? And what technology or digital solution do we need for that? And that's allowed the companies and the individuals that have really got something to say to, to shine. And I think it's sort of allowed those people to rise to the surface a bit and it's quietened down. It feels like it's quieting down. It got very noisy there for a minute. I imagine it, 2020 very much had to be a reactive year, mm. uh, implementing you know tech that was already there to to, to solve the the global problems that we faced. And and now 2021 and beyond, we can we, people can move back to more being proactive and and thinking about what comes next. So so you you mentioned that crash course that you did. What what are some of the the main trends that that you uh, you heard about? Well, accountability was up there actually. So. Um, one of my one of the, the the quotes that I got from those calls was, if 2020 was about survival, 2021 is about discovery. And discovery is a you know obviously a very positive sounding word, but discovery also means like really looking into something, like really understanding it, you know, lifting up everything and really having a, a good look. And I think that that's what's happened um, in tech and real estate tech, and that there's lots of people really looking at it and it's this year has really shone a light on the industry in a way where it's great as I say for those who've got something to offer but for those who don't there really isn't anywhere to hide anymore and I think that the scrutiny is much more than it has been and certainly much more than it was last year um so that was one thing that's, that, that was mentioned um uh and specifically on that around smart buildings and that is smart buildings a bit like sort of a miniature version of tech has kind of become a, a catch-all phrase for any building that has an app um, and a, one quote you know an app doth not a smart building make was another favorite of mine um, and lots of people I've mentioned that to since have kind of you know sort of nodded you know raised eyebrows and um, sort of eyes to the ceilings have said yep absolutely um, so that the heat needs to come out of that market pretty quickly I think um, the wired score smart certification will certainly help with that um, but there's nothing against apps at all but the, a smart building is not an app so um, that's that's been interesting and I think that that sector will become a lot more I mean regulated is a strong word but it will become there'll be a lot more scrutiny around that um and then money finance my god it's, there's been so much the, the sector's been awash with capital um which is exciting of course but something that somebody said to me again in my calls round which really which really stayed with me was well how are people raising this money and were they raising it off the back of a circumstantial boom year which 2020 was for a lot of tech companies you know, everybody's so desperate to employ as much tech as they possibly can or suddenly seeing the value in x y and z so lots of companies actually fared pretty well in 2020 but for those companies where it was as i say you know a, a kind of a, a spike off the back of this circumstantial boom year there's going to be an awful lot of pressure to prove that the fund the funding is now going to pay off so for those that had a strategy 
and had a long-term strategy in place and 2020 was just a sort of a bolster, um, then there isn't a problem. But for those who raised off the back of that year without much of a forward plan in place, um, the pressure now really is on to make sure that they can prove the worth. Um, and finally, I mean, lots of other things to mentioned, but finally, the one that I really did want to mention was sustainability. It mm. comes as no no surprise, nor should it, um, that sustainability um, and how it links into technology and the wider world is just rocketing up the agenda. It was before the pandemic, but I think what happened was is that everybody reevaluated their lives a bit and, you know, stopped commuting in every day and stopped traveling overseas, all things that we want to get back to to a degree. Um, but there were lots of videos going around of, you know, the animals taking back the back the cities and, you know, and those, those amazing maps showing the emissions over various cities and what they look like in the middle of the pandemic versus normal times. I think everybody just sort of thought, hmm. You know, there, there is a balance to life and there should be a balance to the way we not balance the way we treat our planet we should change the way we treat our planet and real estate um has a huge part to play in that so those are the main themes i'd say quite quite meaty themes actually mm, absolutely plenty to keep you uh, going with for the rest of the year but for uh, for people who haven't yet had the chance to dive into the magazine or, or check out the content online what what are some of the highlights that that uh, EG followers can expect in this week's tech special, Emily? Well, um, one of the highlights actually is off the back of the tech awards. Now, all of our award winners and finalists are fantastic and we had so many great entries, but there are a couple I just wanted to mention. Um, so our Rising Star Award winner this year, Sharon Jenkins from CMS, um, she's been at that company um, and obviously there's, you know, it's sort of changed along the way, but she's been at that company for 20 years. and for, for us here and for everybody listening to this or anyone in the industry, I think it is so important to just rethink what Rising Star means. And it doesn't mean and not it, it doesn't mean that it can't be somebody who's young and ambitious and have just come into the industry and has got, you know, so many ideas. We're so interested in those people, too. And in fact, the Rising Star issue, the Rising Stars is in this issue this week, too. Um, but for for but for somebody who's been in the industry for 20 years to, to win that award just shows that talent and rising stars is about more than just entering the industry. It's about how you manoeuvre your career, how you adapt, how you recognise changes that are happening and move with them. And it's about evolution. Um, so that's that's really great. And um, I recommend that anybody um, watches the interview that we did with Sharon. And um, I'm sure we can find a link for that the people um and then our bridging the gap award winner lee butts um also just really worth watching that interview around the importance of bringing talent into the sector so more about talent um and how we do that and how things like addressing wellness and you know they use words like kind being kind and compassionate and i i think there are lots of people even listening to this podcast who'd be thinking mm, really um and that's a shame and that shouldn't be the case i think that there there is a still a little bit of a stigma around um people approaching business and business culture um with with words and phrases like that and there shouldn't be because as they said and they're absolutely right that's the kind of stuff that ultimately can drive your um triple bottom line and um i think more companies should be aware of that so those those two were sort of standouts but but all of the award winners were fantastic um and the other thing this week um, in the tech special, which I really would recommend everybody to have a read of, 
I can't say it's it's all comfortable reading, um, is Piers's excellent piece on um, cybersecurity data breaches off the back of Tim's excellent piece, um, where we looked at what happened to Plentific and just take, I mean, obviously taking Plentific to one side because that was a sort of separate instant to the wider issues that are going on. Um, just looking at, at how far these breaches could go. And it's 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 more worrying than I than I realised, and I've been talking to people about it for quite some time. Mm. So it's definitely worth having a read of that too. Sorry not to end on a more positive note there. I should have done it the other way around. Data breaches. It was. Then... It is a really eye-opening read that went went to places and consequences of data breaches that I mm. hadn't I hadn't thought about, I hadn't considered. And like you say, not it, you know, it's not comfortable. I mean, there are scenarios where you could be literally be talking about life and death. Absolutely. And, on, a, um, on a large scale as well, on a large scale. Yeah. So no, I think it's a must read. Mm. Uh, okay. And uh, to <laughs> uh, sobering thought there, but uh, to return from that to the big news of the week uh, with Tim, uh, which rather inconveniently for anyone still publishing uh, a print magazine on real estate came out late on Wednesday afternoon. Um which was, of course, uh, the reshuffle and, uh, in particular, uh, its impact uh, on our area of interest, uh, Tim. So um, keep uh, bring us up to date with the, with the happenings and, and what the reaction's been. Well, look, there was no way that a cabinet reshuffle wasn't going to introduce a new housing secretary, was there? <laughs> well, I don't no, think exactly. <laughs> real, estate would have, real estate would have known better than to think anything was going to happen other than Robert Jenrick being shown the door uh, yesterday. I saw a fun tweet. I should have written down who's, who said it because now I'm not going to be able to give them credit. But um, they said that the housing ministerial office just has a revolving door and a chalkboard outside of it <laughs> rather than a uh, nameplate, which I thought was rather good. If that was you, uh, thank you. Um, but what what a time for Michael Gove to take that that role on now. So he, mm. he now gets put in charge of of levelling up, of house building, of planning reforms, the response to the, the cladding crisis. Uh, and there's a great piece in this week's magazine from Emma Rossa, our residential editor, that runs through that and the rest of the government's to-do list on reform. So the building safety bill, leaseholder reform, renters reform, the list, the list just goes on and all of it now lands with Gove. So the question is going to be what what changes, what changes under his leadership? Um, last week, we had the Times reporting that some parts of, of Genrick's planning white paper were now going to be watered down, including the proposals for a new uh, zoning system. And I guess it would feel natural that a change in statutory would be the time to make those kind of moves. So, so very early days, and of course we'll have to we'll have to wait and see what what sort of Gove's first steps are. But um, it, it'll be all eyes, I, I think, on what happens to those those planning reforms. Do they become as watered down as as we thought? might happen based on that that chatter of just a week ago or does Gove who, who you know is is known for shaking things up in um in some other areas that he's worked does he does he push through something a little bolder uh, some of the industry figures that Emma was speaking to for for her piece were actually quite upbeat about the outlook here so Victoria Hills who's uh, chief executive at the Royal Town Planning Institute said that she can't remember a time where where planning was more mainstream it was all underground it was underground underground before but um she said uh she said we're, we're now in a sweet spot we've got the ear of government uh 
we've got the ear of the public and there's an opportunity through the reform agenda to get some great things done for the profession. So, I mean, it's that's an optimistic outlook. And let's see if let's see if Gove if Gove takes that forward. With all due respect to Robert Jenrick and, and putting aside any feelings either way that one might have about Michael Gove, it does feel like a, a raising in profile of the of the position. Uh, you know, a bigger name than than would typically uh, have that role. Would you agree? I think so. I think, yeah, he's arguably among the heavier hitters to hold that role. And so you can you can argue that 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 should be a good thing for for real estate and for planning. Maybe it helps to put, you know, real estate somewhere closer to the heart of government. And we've talked on this podcast before, haven't we, about um, (laughs) about the government's seeming lack of understanding of of the industry. And and of course, we've hoped that that might change before. Mark Prisk, who's a former housing minister, said on Twitter that he, he thinks Gove go will bring a reforming mindset and political weight to that post. So, um, yeah, I think you I think you're right. I, I think it's um, I think it's an interesting and, and high profile name to to have in that position. Although I did note uh, one interesting point that Damien Wilde has been keeping track of for us is how the papers covering that move are describing it. And it, it, it's not all very complimentary. So the Telegraph said Gove has lost out in moving from the cabinet office to housing and the daily star said that the housing movement he had failed to get a decent promotion just give him a break oh. <laughs> uh, well <laughs> well i think we'll, we'll say no more about that um, and i think uh, it's high time uh, in this podcast that we we got to the the quiz of the week which um can i can i can i can i can i just carry out <laughs> by saying i am new I'm new-ish, um, and I, I didn't know that there was a quiz. So I'm just going to say that if I lose, it's not my fault. <laughs> and, and Tim had forgotten there was a quiz. I'd forgotten there was a quiz, and then it, and then when reminded, had forgotten that it's now a different format. So it is. Um, so so, you're so both, let's do it. I'm excited about this. You're yeah, both too. newcomers to the to the, the the new format. It's a mini penalty shootout format. You face alternate questions. Uh, you, there's no bonus points for stealing each other's other's answers. And it's a simple head-to-head. Uh, see who gets the most. I am uh, like I am inordinately nervous about this. I, I am genuinely nervous. It is. It does. Uh, Damien uh, t- took the quiz for the first time last week, and uh, he was also, you know, super hyped up for it. And uh, when he got an answer wrong, uh, apologies to listeners last week. He did. He did utter a swear word. I can't oh, believe. No. I can't believe he did that, Damien. Which but, one you know, was it? Which one was it? Which swear word? Uh, it was the S word, Damien. Okay, all right. I'm just yeah. checking to see what the what the pitch what the is. level is. Yeah. yeah, I'm not quite sure where the level is where I, I would be forced to uh, to edit it out. But hopefully, hopefully we don't find out today. Um, <laughs> I'm just thinking of how many pages in this week's magazine I haven't actually read. Mm. I'm worried it's 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 quite a proportion. Yeah. Okay, but come on, let's let's just do it. Let's get on let's with go. it. It's very quick. Let's let's very, I'm sure it'll be straightforward. So Emily, uh, I will allow oh, no. you to choose the odds or the even questions. Would you like to go oh, first or second? I will. I'll go. I'll go first. You go I first. Think. Okay. Question one: Which social media giant has liked the look of a British land-owned office block in NW1, taking the entirety of its three hundred and ten thousand square feet this week? Oh my God! That's like the main. That's like a major story. <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, that's yeah, that, yeah. That's the format. Oh <laughs> there we God. go. <laughs> Can I go sec? Can I go second? Can you go second? You want, <laughs> you answer that one. So let him answer. He knows swap. it. Yeah. 
Okay, do you want to swap? So I don't. Tim, I don't you've done the odd numbers. Yeah. Okay. Right. right. Th that same question to Tim. Um, okay. It's Facebook. <laughs> it's Never Facebook. in the history of penalty shootouts has this happened. No, no. true. <laughs> it is Facebook. Correct. One nil to Tim. Okay, Emily, your new first question. Oh God. Where is the most attractive location in the southeast for a spoke office or office hub, according to a UNI survey? Well, I'm very glad we swapped. Brighton. It is Brighton. Yes. <laughs> Read more about that in our tech special. So, Tim. Go. Next round of questions is the missing word round. So, can you complete the missing word in this headline, Tim? The RICS should be a force for good in the industry, not a blank. The RICS should be a force for good in the industry, not a blank. This is where we find it's Sam, from. It's Sam from Sam's, it's from Sam's, it's from Sam's leader, leader, isn't it? No, it I is. have read it. Um, not uh, farce. Correct. Excellent. Was it? Wow. Okay. Wow. That was a bit of a that was Who a bit of a Tim punt. Pulled that one out of the bag. I thought farce or embarrassment. But... Tim is Tim is usually quite good at pulling together headlines from first principles and actually working out what they would be. So, well done, Tim. Uh, this this does mean that probably this question is quite harsh for Emily. Question four. Oh, no. Stenprop rebrands as blank. Stenprop rebrands as blank. Oh, S prop. <laughs> That would be better. It's 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 possibly the most terrible rebrand I've ever heard, and that includes Abaddon. Uh, so Tim, what has Stemprop rebranded as? They've just taken the vowels out, haven't they? No, it, um, they have rebranded too, and I agree. I mean, it does what it says on the tin, but Absolutely. it's not very inventive. Industrials read. They have rebranded as Industrials read. Well done, them. Um, I'm sure, it will be excellent when it comes to Google searches. <laughs> So, Emily, your third and final question. This is uh, a diary question. I've hold on a minute. I'm, I'm asking Emily two in a row in a minute. So, Tim, this is your question. Oh, yeah, this how is mine. Okay. Yeah. How did outgoing housing minister Robert Jenrick describe himself to the Chartered Institute of Housing's annual conference? He said he was no... I, I was thinking of this because when when Gove got when Gove got that post, I thought of that video of him doing his dad dancing. Um, <laughs> but, um, Jenrick said he was no 3 a.m. raver. Oh, Tim is on fire. Oh, three out of three. I Look at that. No OK, chance. so uh, Emily, your diary question. We work has partnered with which Premier League football club this week? Oh, my God. And diary's your page. Oh. It is. It is. <laughs> Um, I don't know. It's all right. There is no shame in, in, in not knowing on your first appearance on a quiz when no, you didn't no, no. remember there was a quiz element. I'm sure next time, and you've had a busy week. Let's let, To be fair, you've had a very busy week. So busy, I forgot to notice what Facebook's doing <laughs> <laughs> as the former tech editor. Yeah, and, and indeed, Tim, do you know uh, WeWork has partnered with which Um we... Was it Manchester City? It was Manchester City. Tim knows all. What? Well Tim, done, Tim. About you forgetting the quiz, you liar! You googled all of this beforehand. <laughs> I swear to you, I swear to you, I didn't. But um, those were all, those are some fun stories this week. Those were all a giggle. I know. 
so many good stories that, that we could only fit them into the quiz because we had so much else to talk about. So uh, thank you both for joining me. And I'm sure you'll be even more prepared, Emily, uh, for the next time you face well, the quiz. It would be br- pretty hard push to be less prepared than I was for today. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to you both. And thank you. Uh, thank you for listening to EG Like Sunday Morning. <laughs>